interpreted your uh, ability to keep the rhythm like that. That was awesome. Um, so my name is Brian, and, uh, and I uh, have five minutes to, to communicate some, something to you guys. We're, uh, I'm just kidding. I, I've got about 15, so I hope that's okay with you guys. I'm just going to uh, talk a little bit about John the Baptist. We, uh, if you're just joining us, you haven't been paying attention this morning, uh, or you've been missing it for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about miracle children in the Bible, and today we're taking a look at John the Baptist, and we're, we're leading up to, uh, to Jesus, actually, on Christmas Eve. Wes is going to be talking with us a little bit about Jesus. Um, and there's lots of uh, amazing things that I could talk about um, with John. Um, is, this, is this mic fuzzing? Is that... Are you guys going to swap the pack out on me? Should I pick up... I'll just keep talking and we'll see what happens. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of things we could talk about when it comes to John. Use that. Is that better? Oh, it's a little bit better. Okay. This is what I'm used to. So I come from youth ministry, so, you know, holding the mic is, is a thing that I do. Um, there, uh, there are lots of really amazing things that we could talk about when it comes to John. Uh, John was born into some extraordinary circumstances, as we, uh, we talked about this morning, or we, we sang about, I guess, some of the girls sang about. Um, his, his parents were old. His mother was barren. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, John's a miracle child, but I think to understand why he's a miracle child or some of the, the miracle of John, um, we need to look at the context and the history that John was born into. Um, so I hope that's okay. We're going to talk a little bit about history today, and then I'm going to hit you with three things, and then that's, that's our morning. So I'm going to open more cans today than, than we resolve, just so you know. Um, for hundreds of thousands of years, uh, God had spoken uh, through human voices, right? He used uh, human voices to speak to his people, to lead them, to declare his will, um, to condemn them, deliver them, the list goes on, right? Um, when suddenly God, who was so vocal uh, and obviously active throughout the ages, had gone silent, and Israel, long yearning for the coming of God's kingdom, was trapped under foreign rule. Um, they were being ruled by the Romans, just waiting to hear God's voice again. Uh, but then, just as suddenly as the prophets disappeared, a new prophet appeared on the scene with an announcement, the kingdom of God is near. Um, I'm going to uh, open up my Bible. I'm reading from the message. I, uh, I was referencing Luke 3 way too much not to read it, so I'm just going to read a little bit from Luke 3 this morning. Um, so if you want to follow along, you can. I'm going to be reading from the message, so it might seem a little bit weird. Um, and I, I'll have later scriptures on the screen, but this one I don't, so you'll just have to follow along. To Luke 3, starting in verse 2, it says this, John, Zachariah's son, out in the desert uh, at that time, received a message from God. He went through all the country around the Jordan River, preaching a baptism of life change, leading to forgiveness of sins, uh, as described in the words of Isaiah the prophet. Thunder in the desert, prepare God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. Every ditch will be filled in, every bump smoothed out, the detours straightened out, and the ruts paved over. Everyone will be there to see the parade of God's salvation. When crowds of people came out for baptism because it was the popular thing to do, John exploded. Brood of snakes, what do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? Do you think a little water on your snake skins is going to deflect God's judgment? It's your life that must change, not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as father. Being a child of Abraham is neither here nor there. Children of Abraham are a dime a dozen. God can make children from stones if he wants. What counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? Because if it is dead wood, it goes on the fire. The crowd asked him, then what are we supposed to do? 
If you have two coins, give one away, he said. Do the same with your food. Taxmen also came to be baptized and said, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, No more extortion. Collect only what's required by law. Soldiers asked him, What should we do? He told them, No more shakedowns, no blackmail. Be content with your rations. The interest of the people by now was building, and they were beginning to wonder, Could this be John the Messiah? But John intervened, I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life. A fire, uh, the ho- light a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. Um, that's where I'll, we'll end it there. <laughs> nice and bleak. Um, Thanks, I got one laugh from that. Uh, We don't really get much explicit information on John between when he was born and when he appears in the wilderness. Um, But Luke tells us right at the end of uh, right at the end of chapter one um, that that John feels this call to go out into the wilderness. And then in Luke three, he receives this word from the Lord, and then he goes out and he's and he's proclaiming um, the the kingdom of God is near. Um, He's proclaiming this. uh, Yeah, people need to repent and be baptized, and he's, he's saying that that the one coming is going to be the one to do this work. Um, and we, actually, we can actually deduce a couple of significant things about John um, based on some of the interactions and little pieces of information about him in the text, in, in the Gospels mostly. Um, and so one, so I'll just talk you through a couple of these things and then we'll move on. So one, I, his whole look is, is kind of derived from, from the prophets, like the prophets of old. People would have probably recognized him as a prophet. Um, he looked the part. You know, people hadn't heard from prophets in, in hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden this guy is yelling in the wilderness and he's kind of a little bit wild and crazy. Um, and I don't know if this was an intentional choice. I want to think, like I, I like to think that it, it was, but I don't know. It, it, I think it's very intentional by God. Um, but, uh, but I think this is kind of a, it's a thing that John does, right? He identifies as a prophet. He looks like a prophet. He looks the part. I was thinking and kind of reflecting back on, um, some, some things that we do when we, when we want to look the part, right? I, brands are a big way we do that. There's like skate, maybe you guys can't relate, skateboard brands like DC or like, I, when I go to racing events, I wear like, you know, like car brands and things like that. I don't wear brands very often, but that's one of the things I do. Or sports games. Um, I have a friend who, he really loves the Toronto Maple Leafs and, um, I know you guys have friends who are Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and you know that because they tell you all the time. Um, and we were we were in Vancouver, and uh, and it was a it was there was a Leafs game, and everybody's wearing their their Leafs jerseys, and we were walking down the street, and my friend sees this guy in a Leafs jersey, and he's like, "Yeah, man!" and he's all excited, and and then he just kind of puts his hand up, and he goes, "No, no, no! Look at the back!" And then on the back it said, "Losing since," and then sixty-seven was the number. So as anyways, sometimes we get really excited. We he looked the part, but he wasn't quite what my friend was expecting. Um, Maybe, maybe that'll come up again later. Uh, two, the, uh, so another thing about John was the religious establishment didn't really like him. Um, and we kind of get little hints of that here and there. Um, but you can imagine why they wouldn't, right? He, he was this guy who, if you don't know the history of, about John's family, um, he's actually just a part of the, the priesthood. He's, he's a descendant of Aaron, which makes him a Levite. So he's, he's allowed to have access to all of the religious centers by birth. That's his, um, like his birthright. Um, and so they can't, they can't kick him out because it's his, his family right, and, uh, but they don't, they don't like him. He's a hippie, and he's living out in the wilderness, and for some reason, the word of God came to him, and not someone who's uh, in, the, in the city, in Jerusalem, in the religious center, right? You can imagine that'd be a little bit tilting. That's, a, that's young people for like, like oh, I was going to say rattling, but that's also a young people word. Disgruntled. They'd be a little bit, there you go, 
learning some vocab. Um, but yeah, but imagine the excitement that a new prophet appearing would have caused among the people, right? Uh, God, for whose centuries, according to Jewish writings, was inactive, all of a sudden sends a messenger uh, proclaiming all of the fulfillment of the promises that, that had been spoken about. Um, and he's announcing fulfillment, but he's actually announcing something a little bit different. I think people get excited or really, people were getting really excited about this idea of a, of a Davidic king coming or a, a king in the line of David, um, if you don't know what that means. Um, but he was actually proclaiming something a little bit different and more extreme. Uh, this king would be both savior and judge. He's kind of proclaiming this superhuman person that's coming, right? It's, it's, it takes everything and kind of moves it a little bit of a step further. And his message of repentance uh, was actually more about turning towards God, right? We hear that. I, I really like the, the message translation. Some of my professors uh, at CBC would probably hate that I say that. But I, I really like the message translation because I think it breaks it down into really simple language and it and explains it well. Um, his message of repentance was about turning towards God um, and not just being sorry and, and getting a slap on the wrist and then being baptized and then going away, right? It's not something you do to be saved. It's it's. It's about turning towards God. It's about a whole life change, right? And then he takes everything and makes it, a, or brings it a step further. If you're a soldier, you'll be happy with your wages. If you have two tunics, give one away. Two coats, give one away. Um, be decent to one another, right? Um, and, and at the time, John's message was really hard to hear. That's another reason why he kind of ruffled feathers. He called out some people in leadership. Um, that's why he ended up in jail later on in the story. And, and Jesus actually, later on when he comes into the story, he takes that dial. John maybe had it at a three or a four, and Jesus cranks it to 11, right? He just takes it even one step further, or a, a few, six or seven steps further, and he, and he preaches even more uh, in the faces of the leadership. Um, John was preaching to the Jewish people. He was preaching to the, the people who were God's people. And he didn't assume a righteous people. That's what he's saying there when he's talking about Abraham, um, like claiming the name of Abraham. He's, you know, because people would say, oh, I'm, I'm a part of God's people, right? And um, it, it, you're not saved by your name, you know. Um, he, he was preaching this, he was preaching to Jews about recentering your lives and re, returning towards God. Um, he demanded life change and recentering. Um, from God's people, that's kind of a new thing, or that would have been maybe a new thing. Um, I, I really like this quote. I'll put a couple slides up, but I really like this quote from N.T. Wright. Some of you guys, yeah. It's, um, but I think this kind of sums it up well. John was saying, like, if people were coming for baptism, they were committing themselves to be God's Israel. Um, is it? It's not. Is it coming? Okay, I'll just read it, and then if it comes up, it comes up. If people were coming for baptism, they were committing themselves to be God's Israel, the light of the world, and the people in whom God's justice would be seen by all. Um, I think that kind of sums up John's, John's message to the people really well. Um, and this is kind of a, sort of a personal one to me. I, I just went to Israel a little while ago. Some of you guys know that. It's a crazy story how I ended up there. Um, I was taking care of one of my friends. I was his, like, hair aid, and I went, and I got the privilege of joining this group of people that I would never hang out with otherwise. Um, it was very, like, like Trump-supporting Republican would be the best way of, like, describing this general group of people. And, uh, and very, like, very American. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that necessarily. But there's, there's a lot to unpack from this trip. Um, but one of the things that, that was kind of presented to us at the beginning, this organization that we went with, presented the, the, um, the nation of Israel. They, they presented their history like this. They talked about Abraham and, and God's call with Abraham. And we call that it's the Abrahamic covenant. But it's an agreement between God and, and Abraham and, and the nation of Israel. And, and in that engagement, three things happen. God provides a land, which... which 
traditionally the land of Israel, uh, the, where it is now, I guess. I don't know. They were kind of talking us through it, the borders and everything. And, uh, and the people, right? They're, he's going to grow this nation. And then, th- then there was a little bit, I didn't really, dis- or I didn't really agree with them on the third part. part. They, they kind of said, I've always understood it. Sorry, I'll say mine first. I've always understood it as through those things, God's going to bless the whole world. And I think that's in line with what John's saying here, right? God's going to provide a land and a people. And then those people, it's not about God having this group of people that's more blessed than the rest. And, and they get to, I don't know, they get special privileges and whatever. It's through those people, God's going to bless the whole world. And, and what was presented to us was blessings are going to come into that land. And it was all about, about inside. And through that, through that lens, you know, things like missile defense and, like, training soldiers and, and all that stuff becomes way more important than sharing the love of God and sharing all of that through. So, anyways, this is something that's kind of been really, as I was reading that, I, I can totally understand how that culture is still kind of there today. And that's a, that's a part of the culture. Um, and I think that bleeds over into, yeah, into our lives as well in a lot of ways. Um, so, uh, so what was John all about? Um, I've got negative five minutes, so uh, let me let me just end with a few things here. Um, John, uh, kind of, th- I think there's three things. There's three things maybe I, in my reflection on John in the last couple weeks, and and the things that I've been thinking about. There's three things that I would I'd like to say about him or, or about his life, and uh, and they're three kind of detached things from one another. But hopefully, um, there's something in here that's that's for you today. So, uh, the first thing is this. So John's message was a hard one. It's, it's, it's this. It's stop being God's people in name only. Um, if you're really God's people and start acting like it as well. And so I don't know, like, I added this in later and I was, like, just feeling weird about it. But this is, um, yeah, something that I feel like I needed to say from stage. So maybe, maybe someone or maybe you needed to hear that this morning. I'm not going to unpack that anymore. That's probably a whole sermon series on its own or a book on its own. Um, but, yeah, if you're, if you're feeling like, hey, I'm God's, I'm God's people, like, we're God's people, that we need to start acting like it, then, then maybe that's for you. Um, John's message is for you. Um, the second thing is that, that John had doubts. Um, John had a really strong view of what the Messiah would look like, and uh, John had no questions about his own calling, um, but he does question the person of Jesus, and, uh, and we see this in Matthew 11. So Sarah kind of alluded to this. John, John asks Jesus if he's the Messiah, and he actually does that. I'm going to read it, and I have the scripture up on the screen for this. Um, in, in Matthew 11, there's a, there's a good account of it. Um, in verse 2, it says, John, meanwhile, had been locked up in prison. We got, when he got wind of what Jesus was doing, he sent out his own disciples to ask, are you the one we have been expecting, or are we still waiting? And Jesus told them, go back and tell John what's going on. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The wretched of the earth learn that God is on their side. Is this what you were expecting? Then count yourselves most blessed. Um, John is in prison, and uh, and he was supposed to, or John is in prison, and um, oh, I totally mixed up my notes here, and uh, and Jesus was supposed to bring a baptism of spirit and fire. Right? He's, he hears all this stuff that, that Jesus is doing. Jesus was supposed to bring a baptism of spirit and fire. And, uh, and all Jesus is doing is, is preaching love and healing sick people. Um, and maybe, maybe you're wrestling with what Jesus looks like uh, as well. Um, I'm probably, I'm pretty certain, in fact, that you're not looking for a baptism of fire like John was. But maybe you're wrestling with injustice and darkness in the world. Um, maybe you're in a place where hope is hard to come by, or maybe you've been hoping for something to change that just hasn't happened. Um, maybe your experience with Jesus, um, 
was uh, has been more difficult than you expected when you signed up. Um, and I, I to be like one percent vulnerable with you guys, I'm in that space often as well. Like I go through phases of that. Um, and I don't know what the solution is, except to say, actually, well, more recently, I was talking with a friend of mine, and, and he said something along these lines. But maybe we need to make space for uh, to let Jesus be Jesus. Um, I think John couldn't see Jesus for who he was because his view of who Jesus should be got in the way. Does that make sense? Um, I think sometimes we, we think that Jesus should be a certain way, or um, it should look like this, and then it actually looks differently. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe that's for you today. Um, and that kind of bleeds into the third thing that I wanted to say, which is also found in Matthew 11, um, just a little bit after that. So after John's disciples leave, um, Jesus says this to, to the people. He says, uh, um, let me tell you what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer. But in the kingdom he prepared for you, the lowest person is ahead of him. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves into God's kingdom, but if you read the books of the prophets and God's law closely, you will see them culminate in John teaming up with him in preparing the way for the Messiah of the kingdom. Um, John is a miracle, not just because of his birth or the way his birth happened, um, but because he's the end of the old era. Um, He's the last of the prophets and of the law. Um, he's the period before Jesus, period, before Jesus. Um, and he changes the story, right? Uh, personal fellowship with the Messiah becomes accessible to everyone after this point. John's message is the miracle. And maybe you're here today and that's news to you. God's not only accessible, but he actually wants a relationship with you. And the old way of doing things ended with John. With the coming of Jesus, the veil was torn, uh, and God's presence is here just as much as it is in Israel. That was one of my big takeaways from the trip. If you're going to ask me about that later, that was one of my big takeaways from the trip. Um, he can speak with you. He can lead you. He can comfort you. Um, all you have to do is ask. Uh, and if you, you'd like to continue that conversation, or maybe that's, that's kind of a thing that you're thinking about right now, I'd encourage you to talk with the person who brought you. If you're, if you're here today and maybe you're with family members, you came for the kids, talk with the person who brought you. Um, if, you uh, if you need someone else to chat with, or that might be kind of awkward, you can talk with one of the staff, myself, Wes, Dave, Adam, um, and, uh, or, or our prayer team. I think we're going to be over here on the, my left, your right, um, during worship and just at the end of the service. But come chat with one of us for prayer before you leave. I'd love that. Um, in this season of anticipating Jesus, John's message reminds us that he's already here. Um, that's what the kids said right at the end. I love that. He's different than many people expected, um, but so much more than we could have ever hoped. Um, and that's a miracle. So I'd love to welcome the worship team up. We're going to sing one more song together. Uh, yeah, thanks. All right. Well, would you stand with us? Uh, this morning is the, uh, the candle of joy. We've been talking about the good news and the joy that comes with that. So for the last part of the service, we're going to sing uh, Joyful, Joyful. Let's sing. Joyful, joyful, we adore you, God of 